Hey guys, it is episode 12 of the Bougie and the Beard podcast with Ty and Jordan. Woohoo! Alrighty! You good? Yeah, I had to get that out. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Sorry it's so late. Mm hmm. It's been a busy couple of days, guys. It's yeah. Been a busy few days, but. We can't leave you without some of that audio love. So here it is for you, nice and hot, fresh out the oven. We just laid it on the windowsill. It's cooling off right now, but you can touch it. You can touch be it. Careful. Be careful. Yeah, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. So we're going to get right into our topics for today or this week or this next couple of days. Right. Um, so we watched a show. Um which was hosted by a fellow tech knight of ours, Nadeska Alexis. Shout out. Shout out to her doing big things our complex. Um, it's a show where basically... Was it Everyday Struggle? Everyday Struggle, called? I believe mm-hmm. is what it's called. It's basically, from what I've seen of the show, it's Joe Budden and DJ, DJ Academics yeah. yells at people, yell at each other for an hour. Basically. About hip-hop related things. Yeah. So... This particular episode, um, they had Lil Yachty on as a guest. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're not familiar with who Lil Yachty is, he's the red-headed, braided mumble rapper that mm-hmm. you've seen in Sprite commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know a single song that he's made. Wait, wait really? I have no idea how any of his music He really seems goes. like such a big thing for, not, for there not to be like a single off the top. Like, he, I'm sure his fans would definitely be jumping down my throat but i'm not a fan right and i just i have no idea what he really sounds like he's not amigo no he's not any of the migos okay. he's, he's, he's a me, me guy he's not any of the me guy but he's uh he's gaining popularity in mainstream at this point we can kind of see mm-hmm. um as we said as we said before in previous episodes that hip-hop is just kind of um hip-hop goes with the cycles of what the youth wants right and it's youth it's a youth driven genre mm-hmm. so whenever older acts kind of start to lose their steam younger acts come up and replace them and that's just the that's where we kind of are right now is the transitional period of hip-hop where like the little wanes of the world are kind of like kind of riding out into the sunset mm-hmm. and now we have the birth of these kind of Lil Yachty's and Lil Uzi Vert's and we have Kendrick Lamar kind of like holding it down for like the people who actually like lyricism Mm -hmm. and the J. Coles and the Wale's and what have you but basically Lil Yachty is the mumble rap crew Okay. and Joe Budden had him on the show and it seemed that from the minute that Lil Yachty was introduced that Joe Budden just couldn't wait to eviscerate him for everything that he feels, Joe Budden, feels Yachty represents, which is wrong with what hip-hop is today. Right. And so we watched the interview, and just, it felt very uncomfortable because Joe Budden comes off as very... Um, arrogant. Arrogant and antagonistic mm-hmm. and just condescending. Yep. And he doesn't, he's, he has a perceived intelligence of himself. That he projects when he's speaking to Yachty. So he kind of talks down to Yachty. Mm-hmm. Partially because of Yachty's age. He's only 19. Yeah. And also partially because of what he believes Yachty's intelligence level is. And he doesn't kind of speak to him on a as level. As a peer. As a peer. Right. Um, Watching it, I was just getting really angry. Not that I know. I'm, I'm more familiar with Joe Button than I am with... Um, this little Yachty person. Lil Yachty, yep. But just the way that Joe was regarding him and like just like kind of screaming on him like he was a child and right. trying to undermine his position. Like he asked him, he asked him something and he and and Lil Yachty was like, well, you know, I wake up happy every day. Mm-hmm. And then Joe was like, you mean to tell me in this industry, in this music industry? That you're happy 24-7, which is not what Lil Yachty said. Not at all. What it sounds like he said to me is that he wakes up every day grateful for the fact that he's no longer in the position that he was in. Right. 
and appreciative. It may not, maybe that happiness doesn't carry throughout the entire day, but it's kind of a normal and good practice to wake up and practice gratitude. Right. So the fact that Joe couldn't even fathom that was weird. And then nothing, and then he kept calling him out for being media trained. Yeah, he kept saying that that's a media trained answer. Right. You, are you media trained? Right. And I think that that falls into what um, Yachty's previous interviews were mm. when he was first kind of coming up and rising up, um, especially with the interview that he did with Ebro and Hot 97, where he kind of compared, he, he called Biggie Whack mm. because in his you know purview, he doesn't see Biggie as someone who's a good rapper or someone who, you know, he responds to. And it's the same way that uh, you and I kind of view someone like a Grandmaster Flash or someone right. like a Curtis Blow. Right. Not that we would say that they're whack necessarily, but their music doesn't resonate with us because it's from an older time. Yeah, it's, it's not for our generation. Right. So Yachty on this interview on the Everyday Struggle Show was able to articulate that point a lot more uh, clearer. Mm-hmm. And with that, I gained kind of a new respect for him. Um, his music is still garbage, right. but at least I understand where he's coming from and how he markets himself and how he promotes his music. Right. And the fact that Joe did keep asking whether or not he was media trained, he made it sound like that was the worst thing in the world, that you know how to carry yourself in media. You know how to speak how to get your point across, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, it sounds like they're the opposite, like being media untrained is worse because it means you're just wilding out saying whatever mm-hmm. it's hard to maybe to keep your endorsements together it's hard for people to want to have you on their show I mean I don't know you sound like you'd be more like a firecracker or a powder keg right. but as per Mr. Yacht <laughs> Mr. Um, he is not media trained this is just what he realizes he needs to do to maintain his brand mm-hmm. and that is like I guess a fundamental difference with the way Joe regards hip hop versus mm-hmm. how maybe these young upstarts regard hip hop. Right. They view it in a way that's used to make money. Yeah, it's a business. And it's a business. And to be fair, that makes sense to me. Because hip hop is so commercialized and mainstream and and I think that a lot of times these bigger record labels maybe take advantage or just kind of suck whatever they can out of the culture that if you don't make strides to take care of yourself or take care of your family or have any other streams of income, then you just get caught up in the machine that is now mainstream hip-hop. So while it quote-unquote may not be true to the culture, the hip-hop culture, which has been bastardized after all these years, Mm -hmm. I have to respect... um, Lil Yachty and whoever else kind of treats it in this way where it's like I need to make sure that I get mine Mm -hmm. so that I'm not screwed over because nobody I don't really know many people will have a lot of longevity in this business so it's your responsibility to maybe come up through the music and then branch off and get your money however else you can because I think he has some kind of creative deal with uh, Nautica. Nautica you said he's in these Sprite commercials he has a Target commercial yeah and and like the fact that someone who looks like him, like he's not like a clean cut, um, you know, I, I dress preppy or I dress this or I dress that. Like he's who mm-hmm. he is, and he's still uh, landing major deals. Well, I mean, not Sprite because you know Sprite is Sprite, but like Target, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about and Nautica. I don't think I've said the word Nautica has come out of my yeah, mouth in, in like probably fifteen, 15 years. years so. The fact that I keep fixing my mouth to say Nautica because of this young man who I'd never heard of three weeks ago, I think that's saying something. I think Joe's issue, or one of his issues, is that he allegedly still does it for the culture. Right. And if he does, fine. But the fact that Lil Yachty is so much more commercially viable or successful than he is probably eats away at him it's and, a it's definitely a jealousy thing oh that, yeah that that interview is full of jealousy oh yeah and i think that the jealousy is in part because here comes this kid 
who's doing it in a way that you were told was wrong. Mm, and yep. he's being more successful at it than you are, someone who thought was doing everything the right way. Yeah. So with Joe Budden, he has he had his radio signal, you know, yeah. pump it up. He yeah. had his jump off. He had he had his time mm. um where he was a thing and then he just couldn't carry that momentum, yeah. whether it was his own doing or whatever label he was with or whatever. Um, he couldn't really follow that up with um, more success. Yeah. So now he made himself a lane with that Love & Hip Hop um, show, whatever. Mm. And that's kind of where he sits. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's highly opinionated as everyone, anyone who knows Joe Buddy yeah. knows that. But then he's also very um, moody. Yeah. And like anyone who has ever listened to Hence a mood music, mood music volume one, one through, through four, four, I think, yeah, you would know that Joe Budden is a depressing ass dude. Yeah. So when Yachty he's an says, emo rapper. yeah, he's very emotional. So when Yachty says that he's happy, that's just an emotion Joe can't really fathom because like, he that doesn't does not compute. He doesn't. Ex- it doesn't exist for him. He doesn't. He doesn't feel happiness, and he, it could be a part of a little bit of a uh, him just equating emotion with anger as mm-hmm. opposed to equating emotion with just the wide range of emotions that are available for you to experience he can't feel happiness because he needs to feel anger or sadness or somber i don't know it felt like um joe button was it was it felt like watching a conversation between like the emo kid or the goth kid in high school mm-hmm. with the popular kid. Yeah. Like, they were speaking two completely different languages. Right. And it was just kind of, like... It was cringeworthy to watch um, just because Joe is, like... He's just an immense asshole. He's just a... He's a dick. He is. He's a... And he was being a dick to Yachty. Yes. Who didn't have to do the show at all. No, he and didn't. And he didn't even have to... He's the biggest name on there, right. I think. He didn't have to put himself in that position where yeah. he kind of knew that he wasn't going to be a welcoming... He wasn't going to be welcome. Yeah. So, he put himself out there because, A, he's promoting an album. Mm. Part of, again, moving his business. Yeah. And, B, because he kind of wants to start to erased the memories of the older interviews that he did mm-hmm. which is something that he said in in the show in that show mm-hmm. where he was saying you know I was younger and I made mistakes mm-hmm. and I'm learning from my mistakes which is what Joe Budden equates to media train yeah if you want to equate that to media train or whatever that's just called growing up it is I mean and, and you don't see that with everyone right you don't see people who are maybe said some like when we watched um, Jesus and Mero interviewing uh, Jewels, jo- oh man, yeah, it did not that was sound a like sad interview. he had grown up. No, you know what I mean. He's still Joel Santana, the young kid of of Dipset, right? Versus, and that was 10, 10, 10 years, years ago? ago, about ten years 15. ago. Fifteen. Everything can't be fifteen years ago. Fam, Dipset, we was bumping Dipset in high school. That's fine, but that was fifteen years ago. I mean, technically, it was like I mean closer to like diplomatic community. Was that was, what sophomore was like two thousand and like two? Mm-hmm. I want to say anyway. We're not gonna get we're not gonna get bogged down in details. It's not relevant, no. right, guys? Right. right. But um, so to hear Jewel's talk, it's like mm, I don't know if you've grown up. Versus hearing Lil Yachty talk and what two? I watched. I don't know when that. I never heard that interview with. Maybe about a year or two. About a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. It just means that he woke up and realized that this is not the life. The the not the way he wants his life or his career to go, which I think is respectable. And Mm -hmm. even if that does mean you're media trained or or coached or whatever, I don't know. I think you taking, I think you taking value in what you do and how you present yourself. Mm-hmm. is important i don't think you necessarily need to be like i don't i don't think there's any respect or any respect should be gleaned from you being off the cuff rah-rah like joe is a rah-rah nigga and i'm yeah, just like and that's just something that and he's people don't always rock been with. a yeah. rah-rah nigga like not everybody is going like you said not everyone is going to rock with that and everybody yeah. wants to be bothered with you be like like, like it just up. comes off as just annoying. It fucking hurts, it's man. Annoying. Like, it's annoying. So like when you think about someone who's changing image, think about the most um, prominent example in hip hop is Jay Z, where he came from the projects of Marcy, yeah. and you know, we all know the story. Yeah. So not getting into it, but 
Look at where he is today, where he's a completely different person. And he used hip-hop as a business model yep. to promote himself. Yep. And then, in a sense, be able to move to these different avenues yep. where his name is no longer Jay-Z. His name is Sean Carter. And right. he's able to blend into these different worlds and, and experience different experiences. And the one famous gift that comes out of Jay-Z's maturity mm-hmm. is when... They were, I think they were doing that, um, the, uh, one of those tours they're doing, I think it was like the Blueprint Tour mm-hmm. or the Rock La Familia Tour, and it's Dame Dash, and they're all wearing, like, the throwback basketball jerseys mm-hmm. with the do-rags hanging, and they're all just talking, and Dame Dash is just yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs yeah. about the rock is forever, son, yeah. the rock, son, the rock dog, what? Yeah. And Jay is just, his look is, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's completely checked out. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a fact, it's not even of him just, like, I don't want to be in this situation. It was just like, I do not want to be around these these niggas anymore. I think I'm done. Yeah. I'm done here. Yeah. And he moved on, and you've yet to see Memphis Bleak reemerge ever again. Yeah. So, yeah, when Jay was able to make his move and take the advantage that he had, mm-hmm. he took it. Right. And that's what Lil Yachty's doing right now with all the ventures that he has. Yep. And despite how you feel about his music and despite how you feel about his um, appearance or how you feel about um, what he represents mm-hmm. for hip hop the fact is is that the kid is making money and he's making it the way that he wants to make it yep I also think of um, like not necessarily using it as a business but doing things on your own terms Chance the Rapper right he won a Grammy right yes he did and he's not signed to any label no he isn't so the fact like I said even if you don't want to treat it as oh he's you know the business mind of it he's like these are the terms that i'm not willing to bend on or compromise on and i have faith in my abilities to be able to be successful mm-hmm. this way right um so i respect that i respect and not necessarily um like i guess there's different aspects to it i think of like little dicky yeah and like the fact that he's really funny mm-hmm. and more of like a youtube like his videos are really entertaining and he's yes. a personality right so I think there's different ways to, um, the same way that people aren't a monolith, black people aren't a monolith, women aren't a monolith, I don't think hip-hop and the way that you, um, interact or interface with it needs to be monolithic. Right. I think you can be creative. And I think that's what all these men we've just talked about are doing. Even Nikki is trying to be creative with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, by not responding to rhymes or whatever. Or, what have or you know, yeah. Just right. making music videos about being in London. Right. Though. Why? But, I mean, she's capitalized on... She's using social media heavily. She's interacting with fans. Like, I, I think... And I guess Joe... When Joe came up, social media wasn't as big of a thing. No, there was no YouTube. There was there was barely a MySpace. So right. yeah, the so, internet, the internet definitely helped create a lot of these lanes for what hip hop has become now. Right. So when you had Joe Budden, and that was another part that I wanted to get into. Was okay. He kept talking about who's your competition. Yeah. Who you think is the best? Yeah. And Yachty's like, I don't look at my peers like that. Right. We don't compare our rhymes. Right. We don't compare who's better. To me, I'm just here to make money. Right. And it may be a very simplistic view of what hip hop is to him, but that's just his view of hip hop. Right. Just like where um a Cameron or whatever isn't trying to be the best rapper. Yeah. He's just trying to make money. Yeah. That's his objective. Yeah. So he's gonna talk about computers Putin. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care if it doesn't make um five mics in the source. It's just it's gonna get him five Grammys. Yeah. That's all that matters to him. Right. So for Yachty, it's hip hop is not about competition. It's just about having fun. It's about enjoying himself. It's about being able to live life, uh, live a different life that he was afforded when in the situation that he was in before he got into hip hop. And even if it is about competition, like secretly to him, mm-hmm. the way his his mind seems to be, or the way his business model is set up, he's like. I already know who my top competitors are, but there's no need for me to call them out on the show because I've right. got love for everybody, and I know that right. my hustle is going to get me where I need to be. So it's interesting that um, it's interesting how hip hop has changed, where it used to be about you like destroying other rappers and that kind of thing, right. and now it's more of a collaborative effort. Like I want us all to eat. 
I like, want to eat. DJ Khaled created his entire empire off of collaborating artists. Right. But that's also because when hip-hop was in its infancy, it, the basis of hip-hop was my crew is battling your crew. Right. We are competing with each other to be the best. Right. Once it got out of like that mentality of the crews battling each other, it's right. like, all right, which MC is the best? Right. So now MCs are going to battle each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get hip-hop beefs. That's how you get... Some of the best music that was made. Right. Some of the best music that's ever been made is made off of competition. Right. But at the same time, some of that competition led to some very dire results. It did. I.e. Biggie and Tupac. Right. So you have to also recognize that a lot of people who came up, up in the mid-90s era hip-hop. Right. Hip-hop was still very infant and infantile still very new yeah so there wasn't a lot of um exposure to different genres right until outcast kind of started making waves mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the late 90s all right we got the atlanta rappers started to make a buzz right um we already had the west coast from mm-hmm. the early 90s mm-hmm. and we had the east coast atlanta's coming up then the 2000s hit okay st louis and nelly is doing something mm-hmm. uh kanye and chicago is doing something mm-hmm. so now hip-hop is starting to expand mm-hmm. By the time the arts really started rolling, you got Dizzy Rascal out in England making hip hop. Mm-hmm. So it's just hip hop's expansion and the internet's expansion has helped create so many different sounds mm-hmm. that um, kind of just evolved from hip hop's roots. Mm-hmm. Where you can go to, it's no longer like a regional sound, and it's no longer like a, 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 a like a generational sound. It's just kind of just. If I want lyrics, I know who I can go to for lyrics. Yeah. If I want beats, I know who I can go to for beats. If I want a party, I know where I can go. So hip-hop has started to break off into its own subgenres. Right. Whereas it was just, it was hip-hop and rap yeah. at one point. Or there was gangster rap, mm-hmm. and then there was, uh, you know, whatever, other... Whatever other Puff Daddy and them. Puff, right, yeah. right. Remixes, right. right? So you have hip-hop being so vast and so wide reaching and so diverse that you have all of these different acts that can kind of craft their own sound out of those out of that diversity right and with the joe budden he may not have a lane anymore because what was joe budden before he probably didn't have much of a lane to begin with unfortunately like i used to like joe budden Mm -hmm. i listened to most of his like his older mixtapes or whatever and I was always been I've always been a fan, and I had his album and stuff like that. I'm a Joe Budden fan. Yeah, I like his music. Me too. But like you're talking about Lane, like you just named a bunch of different categories that have kind of evolved. Where did he fall? I mean, he was he was cool lyrically, mm-hmm. but he was always very emotional. Yeah. And and I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head of any maybe Pac, but Pac wasn't even though Pac had emotional songs. It wasn't always... Pac mixed it up. Right. Pac had his party Different bangers. sounds. Pac had different sounds. And a lot of people didn't understand him because they kind of, again, wanted to paint him with the broad brush. Of, right. He's a gangster rapper. Right. But he wasn't. He was right. kind of an everyman. Yes. He was able to hit every genre of hip-hop in that era. Right. So I'm wondering, and I guess this would be more of a sports analogy, so I don't know, but like, I think that there are certain artists who are like you know the stars mm-hmm. of the team right but then you have or maybe you have the rest oh god a no 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 you're good no you're maybe good even so a wrestling analogy why because why it's wrestling? easier okay you have guys that are workhorses that okay. will help or jobbers what have you that will help keep things moving mm-hmm. they're not gonna you know headline anything mm-hmm. but you know who they are they work like your joes and stuff like that but then you right. have people that are like once in a lifetime kind of generational people mm-hmm. like your rocks and your um stone cold. your stone cold things okay. like that like you're not gonna so i think maybe if we treat it like that i think that but then i think maybe you have people who think that they should be on yeah. the rocks level and are not and, and that's not. what i think joey is like joey's a jobber but he really wants to be on the rocks level mm. and he's just disrespectful yeah that that kind of works and then he's kind of like now to bring it to sports because you were on a good track with Mm -hmm. sports but now to bring it to sports with Joe being kind of like the role player Mm -hmm. of hip hop of like he knows how to fill his spots he knows every now and then if he has an open shot he could take it but that's your role but he doesn't and he doesn't know and he he doesn't doesn't accept that that. so he wants to be the starter 
But make it rain. Right. man. It's like, what are you doing? Like, it's just a bunch of clanks. Dude. Yeah, right. Like, you can't, Stop. You can't keep shooting shots. Yeah. Like, at some point, you got to give the give it to the hot hand. You can't force your hand to be hot. Yeah. No one's going to want to pass you the ball anymore. Yeah. So, Joe never really accepted that. But even when he started teaming up with Slaughterhouse and, you know, and I love Slaughterhouse. Well, me too. But, like, even with that, it's just, like, they have, they serve a purpose. They, they serve kind of a niche. They have a specific sound. We are, like aggressive lyricists aggressive lyricists with like over like the hardest beats you've ever heard exactly but they're like there's no party here there's like, no it's, no it's we, pure, we don't have party tracks even on our party anger. tracks we're gonna slaughter everyone right. in here it's pure anger with lyrics right so when you have like a um the young upstart coming in mm-hmm. to your team and joe's kind of trying to protect his spot with the way that he was kind of talking to, to Yachty. Yeah, but he has no spot. Like he Joe, does, but he's clinging on to whatever is left because he know he realizes that if Yachty comes and successfully takes a spot, Joe's irrelevant. Joe's no longer gonna be on the team. Who and, was it that called out somebody? Was it Barkley who called out somebody? Barkley called out who? Who who called out when? When 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 are we talking? Sorry, about? no. When he's on he's on that show with the with with Shag and all of them. Oh, he okay. called somebody out. He called out LeBron. LeBron James. LeBron. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I yeah. Like, wait. Because <laughs> LeBron wanted help. He wanted help. That was why Barkley didn't. That's why Barkley called him. That's out. That's why he called him out. Yeah. Are you thinking about Javale McGee? Because what did he call him out for? Not being Shaq good. Shaq called out Javale McGee for being a clown. No, I'm thinking of. I guess I thought it was someone that called him out for like not being everything he could be. But meanwhile, this guy's been way more successful than you've been. That's Jim, no, that's uh, I that's be, LeBron. It was LeBron, that's right? That's what. LeBron. That's yeah. yeah. So I think that's. But he didn't call him out for that. He called him out for a lot of things. Yeah. Charles Barkley talks about anything. Well, he needs to talk. Charles Barkley and Joe Button are basically the one, the same person for me. Uh, you guys are hating on people who do it differently. But are better than you. Well, yeah. Differently, maybe not necessarily better. Uh, I mean, commercially not, better. Commercially better, not skills better. No, and that's but, the problem. That's yeah, what you're mad about. They're mad because, oh, here comes this dude that doesn't have to do all the work that I, I did, did. And getting all of the stuff that I was supposed to get. Right, right. And it's And, and they're loud mouths. So, and it's... And I'm not mad about... Joe being mad necessarily because you have a right to be. I guess you, but I'm you have a right to be, it. but it's about how you go about it. So you can have a conversation with Yachty on the show, yeah, and try to pick his brain. But the moment that you start condescendingly mm. talking to him and mm. talking down to him and speaking, trying to use your intelligence as a weapon mm. against him, as opposed to just having a conversation between peers mm-hmm. or between people who share a passion for this art form then you look like the old nigga that won't let shit go yeah and that's what joe was yeah and he kept kept calling calling himself himself that that. but it's more than that it's more than being the old nigga it's you're the bitter nigga yeah like you can be bitter at any age Mm -hmm. so he just sounded really bitter and like spiteful and unhappy and i'm like "Mm, and it just it was a bad it was a bad look and yadi's like well that's unfortunate and yadi you know what i mean during the interview once his segment was done and they moved on to different topics right and then dj academics and joe could yell at each other some more yadi was just sitting in the back just kind of just like oh the camera's on me smile smile just like he's just mm-hmm. chilling because mm-hmm. he's he he's his part's done. He's like, I'm just here so I don't get fine. I'm just here to get you know. I'm here to promote my album. That's yeah. literally all I'm here for. Yeah. So he definitely could have left after that segment. Yeah, like they didn't, like, they didn't even there. didn't even he wasn't even paying attention. No. So shout out to Yachty, even though you, again your music's garbage, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. I appreciate. I've your, never heard your music, but it probably, I appreciate the hustle though. I yeah. appreciate the hustle. So. We are going to go into um, another person who won't let shit go, mm. who is quite annoying, mm-hmm. just as Joe Button is annoying. Mm-hmm. It's a man by the name of LeVar Ball. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know much about LeVar Ball. I saw a video where he was cooking for his kids. Yeah, that was uh, one of those. Was that a commercial? No, oh, right? it was like one of those like ESPN profile okay. kind of deals. That's the extent. And yeah. from what I see you and other people posting about him 
asking for ridiculous sums of money and just being an overall like fail. So that's my my knowledge of this guy. So Lavar Ball is basically every uh, he got game based father that you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So like where Denzel Washington is trying to push his son Jesus Shuttlesworth mm-hmm. to being the best basketball player in the league mm-hmm. and pushing him beyond uh, what he's capable what of. He, not even necessarily what he's capable of, but pushing him beyond um, reason. Mm. So it's no longer like, oh, I want my son to be good. It's like, I want my son to be good because I wasn't good. Well, that right? happens sometimes to parents anyway, where you try to force your kids to do the things or become the thing that you could never be. Mm-hmm. And that's what this kind of, that's what this is. Gotcha. So LeVar Ball is pretty much the the poster dad Mm. for that right now Mm. and it's being more it's getting more and more ridiculous as we get closer to the nba draft because his son lonzo is projected to be a pretty high draft pick oh Um, that's good so he's good enough to be in the nba he's good enough definitely he's good enough to be in the nba but a lot of what lavar is asking of these companies for lonzo is unreasonable because there's no there's no proof of his Yeah, worth. wouldn't you need to be drafted first? Like, are there right. have, has anyone ever had a deal before they were drafted? No. So what's that he doesn't doing? Happen. That doesn't happen. Like, LeBron kind of, sort of, but you're not really ethically supposed to. Oh, okay. Until you have, like, an agent, whatever. Yeah. But um, basically, Lonzo, LeVar Ball is basically the spokesperson, the manager, the promoter. Of his sons, of his three sons. So, Lonzo is the eldest. Uh-huh. Then you have LaMelo. And then you have LiAngelo. Horrible names. Terrible names. Like, why would you do Levar's, that to them? Who's LeVar? LeVar's, LeVar's his father. That's why they're all Laz and Lee. No, but... The, but what are their names again? Lonzo. Lonzo has the best name. Like, okay, you can... Alonzo. Alonzo, Lonzo. But, no, but, it's Lonzo. LaMelo. Like, Carmelo? Like Carmelo, but and then, with a la. Like, Lala. Yeah. Sad. And then Lee Angelo. I don't even know. Well, just Angelo. Why couldn't you just be Larry, Lincoln, and Lucas? Mm. You could have just kept it simple, but you decided to, to go, you know, college football, their names. Mm. But either way, so Lonzo Ball um, is projected to be in the draft this year. Mm. And with our luck the Knicks will probably pick him up because we we're stupid mm. we do dumb shit and basically for his entire um year in college uh LeVar Ball has been on ESPN constantly just promoting the shit out of his son which is fine because you know you're proud of your son he's accomplishing great things that's cool but there's a point where it becomes delusional Okay. And I think that Lon LeVar Ball is delusional. Okay. And he's kind of starting to grate a lot of uh, people that hold... Power? Power over what Lonzo Ball's um, earning potential capacity Mm-mm. is. So, so he's messing up his money before he's even... He's messing up his money a... before he even has it. Mm-hmm. So, one of the, so what happened this past week was... Uh, Apparently, they were trying to shop for shoe deals for Lonzo and before he was drafted, which is... You just un- told me that's not a thing. Which is unprecedented. Right. So, and a lot of kind of like uh, discussion has been going on about, well, he's trying to change the trend. He's trying to buck tradition. He's trying to do this. And I'm like, I understand the hustle and I respect the grind, mm-hmm. but, but there's no... Um, like, he's not a once-in-a-lifetime-can't-miss talent. Got it. He's not a LeBron James. And that's he's how not he's trying Jordan. to paint and his son. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, from the moment that Lonzo... LeVar, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Keep getting the mix up. Mm-hmm. LeVar Ball said, oh, I could beat Jordan one-on-one. And he averaged, like, two points a game in college. Meanwhile, Michael Jordan's literally the greatest basketball player that I ever played basketball. Two points basketball. a game. Two points a game in college. Mm-hmm. And didn't make it to the NBA. Like, he had to pivot to play football in Europe. So why is he going so hard thinking that his kids are capable? Not saying that they're not capable, but why is he so convinced that they're capable of whatever it is he thinks they're capable of? So part of my belief is um, I think that he kind of wants a piece of the pie for himself. Mm -hmm. And that's just, he's using his children as like... For a payday? 
paydays, bargaining chips to kind of just drive his revenue. I'm sure that won't blow up in his face at all. He apparently developed his own, you know, his own uh, apparel line, which is called the Big Baller Brand. Which is why you see those three Bs every time he's on TV. He's always wearing a shirt with three Bs. Mm. It's Big Baller Brand. It's the ugliest looking thing I've ever seen. It's the ugliest logo I've ever seen. Like, it just looks terrible. It's... It looks like it was made by a dude who only averaged two points a game You're in college. You're stupid. So, it's like... <laughs> a field graphic design. Like, come on. Like, it's garbage. So, stupid. he went to, like... They had meetings with Nike. They had meetings with Reebok. They had meetings with Under Armour. So, he's trying to um, make Big Baller brand a... He's trying to get it distributed through these big chains. Why right? would they want to when they have their own... Right. Sorry, okay. Right. <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense. No, so okay. at first it was, okay, if you sign my son, you also have to sign the Big Baller brand. No. And you get to distribute it. Like, he was kind of trying to paint it like, oh, you're gonna, you're not going to want to miss out on this offer. So they're like, no. No, we're they good. They all just kind of just like, kick, like, get the hell out of my office yeah. and don't call us again. Oh, no. So then he goes on his Kanye rant. Of you don't have the answers, ESPN. Oh no! Like I'm trying to do something different. I'm trying to be a black entrepreneur. I'm trying to do all. Then this do stuff. it yourself. And he's been doing it himself. And I'm like, that's commendable. Like you, you yeah, but create this brand out of scratch. So fine. Here's the mm-hmm. thing about oof, becoming a black entrepreneur or in that, you have to hustle your own thing. But you hustle it until they come to you to right. buy it. You don't be like, okay, well, I think I've amassed enough that you should want to partner with me. And that's what he's been doing. That's not how that works. No, it's not. And you don't, like you said, use your son or sons as a bargaining chip to get mm-hmm. this off the ground. Like, you're trying to be an agent and a clothing? And a clothing apparel line. What If you and... were smart, mm-hmm. you would let... Your son wear the big baller brand whatever's. Right. Let him like rock him the be, hell out of it. And let, let him be nice. Let him be nice and let him be your commercial. Right. Like if he's as nice as you, you want said, to yeah. believe he is, then they're let gonna him come do to it. you. They're gonna come to you. And it's gonna be a partnership, you know, in partnership with Big Baller Brand. It's not right. you begging. Like you don't even know what he's capable of yet. Right. And no one does, and that's why they're he's, not taking the he's, risk. He's he's jumping the gun. Right. And that makes me wonder is are they not as good as you hope they are? And you're trying to get the money, to before. Get the money before. And that's that's part of it. And then, you know, anyone you can get injured, anything can happen. True. So that could be part it's of it. Sloppy. But then the other part of it is just okay. So I understand having pride in your, and that's in your fine. children. And I understand wanting them to be as successful as possible. Of and course. being like that that parent that's gonna be at every game, that's gonna be cheering the loudest. You know, Hello. I get all of that. We That's met. great. Of course. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where you have to recognize that there's still processes that have to go down. Right. For your children to be as successful as possible. Right. And you have to kind of let them make their own way. Right. You can't, um, you can't fight for them all the time. They, like, these are, they're going to be, grown you know, men. grown men. They have to make these decisions on their own. And, and it's okay to be an advisor and right, it's okay exactly. to be their manager input. if they trust you to do that. But it just seems like part of it is I'm getting myself on TV and part of it is I'm getting my brand on TV. And it and it comes off bad. It comes off as I'm a father who has these three assets that yeah. I'm trying to cash in on. Yeah. As opposed to I'm a father who wants my sons to have the most successful um, career that they can have. Right. So it comes off bad with the way that he speaks on, on TV. Yeah. It comes off bad the way that he speaks in interviews. And then it makes it worse when you have a prototype for a sneaker for your son that costs $500 that you're trying to sell on your website. $500? $500 for... A pair of sneakers that look like Dada Supremes. If you even remember what Dada Supremes were. I vaguely remember Dada as a brand. That's literally what they look like. They look like Dada Supremes. $500. $4.95 to be specific. How much are... Uh, I think that's a different category of shoe. What, like Jordans? No, no. Um, Yeezys. Yeezys? Yeezys. They're probably that much. 
but yeah, he but had to it, fight for that and he had to wait for Adidas to come to but him. But he's Kanye West. And he's also Kanye West, one of the most successful rappers in the history That's of life. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I can't just charge any old thing for any old thing. Right. Like, Kanye came into the game as a producer, right. pivoted to being a rapper, right. pivoted to being an auto-tuner, right. and now he's pivoted to being a fashion designer. Right. So he's used his power as a promoter to parlay himself into these different avenues right versus lebron just Two trying to kick it, he's just trying to kick in the door and wait the four four at these sneaker companies so i'm outside my son and you won't forget it and you won't regret it right and it's like i like I, like i said i get it but it's still just it comes off bad it comes off bad and you look like a dick he sounds like one. And it's just... it. It's, like I said, all I saw was that profile, that spot where he was making them all breakfast. But he was even... He was making a breakfast, but the whole time he's talking about his... No, his he, he was, and I was listening, but I was like... Oh, that's the, like what I'm saying is that's the only context I had for this guy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who this guy is or right. was. Right. I'm just like, mm, like, I hope his son does well. Just because, you know, you want people to you do well. You want people to do well. But... I hope that he also his son also like finds a manager because yeah. his dad is going to ruin not ruin but like you said you don't I feel like it's not just talent a lot of times it's politics mm-hmm. and how um organizations think they can brand you mm-hmm. and work with you and if you come in already being having like too much baggage or like issues or things around you they're not going to push you as hard as they could like i'm thinking about like steph curry how he's just like marketable right he has a nice family you know his wife's great that kind of thing he's marketable lebron james he's strong family man Dwayne wade strong family man but i'm sure there's like less desirable candidates that may really be talented but it's like ah there's too much drama and stuff around them when i didn't like an alan iverson there was someone else i was thinking of oh but he had a lot of uh notoriety no, I, I completely forgot about Ron Artest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's another one. No, I was thinking of um, Rodman, but I realized Dennis Rodman, Rodman, yeah, Dennis Rodman, but I realized he had a lot of notoriety, and he cre- he kind of used that to his advantage, right? Though. That's so that's my and thing. that's different, but right? For me, it's not even about necessarily having like a marketable kind of like background or whatever. Or it helps. It does help. Yes, not having market having marketability helps. But just on the on the strength of his skill level mm. is going to be his main marketability. So if mm. he's not as good as his father has been professing for the last oh, year and a half, gosh. then he's going to be a bust. Oh, period. Once and once he's a bust, his father's a bust, and yeah. once his father's a bust, the other his, two kids, the other two kids are bust. So he and that's also the case of. As much money as he can make on endorsements, because his NBA contract is an NBA contract. Right. That's, that's, that has nothing to do with LeVar. Right. But the way that teams will approach him, the way teams may sign him, has something to do with LeVar. Right. About what he's willing to push or what he's willing to back off on. Yeah. But as far as him being able to have endorsements yeah. outside of the NBA, right. that's completely reliant on what LeVar Ball does or doesn't do. Mm-hmm. And if he continues to try to push this big brawler brand that he's created and try to make it like a, like a partnership with all these other companies, he may be able to get that eventually, but, but not, he can't get that gate. right now. And I'm not mad at him for trying it, but you can't, you can't one, hold meetings with the three biggest sporting apparel companies in the world and demand that they partner up with you. You can't do that. That's just not how they work. They've never done it, and they probably never will do it. They they didn't do it for Kanye. When Kanye right. was trying to make his sneakers, Kanye was crying on sway about it. Right. But Kanye had to prove that he was serious about his fashion yep. before Adidas decided, all right, we're going to give you a sneaker. Right. Or even with um Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart being a comedian with the freaking running shoe yeah. was something that they came to him for. Right. He didn't ask for that. Right. It was just like, oh, you want to sign me? And okay, I don't know cool. of any other comedians that who have that kind of yeah, Right. So that you, that's why it's about building your brand. Mm-hmm. And while with not the big baller brand, though. no, not the, no, no. <laughs> but going back to like Joe, 
Joe can't be mad at what Lil Yachty's doing because this nigga's building his brand and somebody mm. else may approach him. Right. But Lil Yachty didn't jump out the window feeling, I think it's a battle of entitlement. Yes. That's what the issue is here. Yes. Joe, Joey felt entitled or mm. feels entitled feels to entitled. a certain certain level of success and notoriety that he's not getting. Mm-hmm. Yachty doesn't come across as entitled to me. No. LeVar Ball sounds like he's entitled because he has three strong boys who can ball. Mm-hmm. But you have to wait. You yeah. have to you you have to pay your dues. Not to say that you don't go after it, but going after it sometimes means you hustling. Right. And in your own way, in own lane and then letting people come to you. And now not for nothing. The Big Baller brand is kind of viable. It's, I love the it's name. Big. I think it's a dope name. It's a great name. It's a garbage logo. But you can modify and that. You can, mod- you can always. That's you, what these companies do. They're in a. They really need like a definite like rebranding. Rebranding, yeah, no, but of course. Not even just that, but he sells his shirts because he sells like those shirts for like forty dollars. People buy them for what? People buy them because they're there's a sucker made every day, and someone's going to buy them. Just I guess be, that's just. That's why he priced a sneaker at four hundred ninety five dollars. Like maybe waiting to get in, like they're like this is gonna blow up, and right. I want it before it blows up. I right. I get that too. And that's just kind of just right, getting in at the basement and waiting for it to you know pile up for you. But that but that these should be two separate discussions. I think is the point. Yes. One should be I want you to partner with the big baller brand because of what I've done. Right. Conversation one. Conversation two is I want you to partner with my son because of what he's capable of. Right. But the fact that you're trying to mix the two, neither of these, your son's brand isn't strong enough mm-hmm. and the big baller brand isn't strong enough to support both of these conversations happening simultaneously. Right. Yeah. That's ultimately, uh, that's ultimately his issue. And my <sighs> issue ultimately with him comes to something I read um, mm-hmm. in VSB where our Damon Young kind of talks about how when he was growing up, and he was a really good basketball player, he mm-hmm. was able to get a scholarship from being a basketball player. Oh, cool. And his father, I think he was um, in the 10th grade, uh-huh. and his father, his um, coach wouldn't let him try out because he forgot to file his paperwork in time, uh, like, you know, physical paperwork. Oh, oh, I was like, what? So his father goes to the coach, mm-hmm. and he's like, I want you to play my son. And if he beats you, he gets to try out. Wait, what? Right. That's what his, that's what um Damien Young's father told him. Okay. And the coach didn't take him up on his offer, yeah. but he put Damien Young on the team. Oh. And then Damien Young wrote later on in an article why he asked um why his father asked that. And he's like, the difference between me and LeVar Ball is that when I asked your coach to play, I didn't ask him to play me. I asked him to play you. Right. So with LeVar Ball, a lot of these things that he's doing is He's trying to get these companies to do things because he's asking for them and not necessarily because Lonzo's asking for them. You see what I'm saying? Wait, what? He's leading with himself? Yes. That's why he's on ESPN. That's why he's the one cooking breakfast. That's why he's the one wearing Big Baller Brand. This whole time I'm just like, oh yeah, his sons are young. His sons aren't doing anything. They're just playing basketball. They're just playing basketball. That's it. That's all they've been doing. It's been Lonzo on the TV. Come on. It's been Lonzo in uh, ESPN in interviews. Sorry, LeVar. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, it's their names. Mm-hmm. It's been LeVar on TV. It's been LeVar in interviews. It's been uh, LeVar doing these things. It hasn't been Lonzo. I just assumed it was LeVar and not Lonzo because Lonzo isn't yet signed and people are going to be like, who cares? No. But... I'm sure they would care more about hearing about him versus LeVar. Like, even with LeBron, when, when LeBron was in high ball. school, playing high school games on TV, they were interviewing LeBron James. They were interviewing his mom yeah. his or his mom dad. dad. They were interviewing LeBron. This nigga's a fail. Go we don't even really know what down. LeBron James' mom... There's only, like, two people in the world that know what LeBron James' mom looks like. Really? Yeah, one of whom is... Uh, Delonte West, but that's a different story. Who's Delonte West? He banged out LeBron's mom, and they were teammates. Huh. It was An episode of The Game did that. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I wonder if that was... That was I don't know big. if that... I don't know. I don't know when that episode came out. Interesting. But yeah, that, that happened. Anywho. That's right, awkward. It was LeBron James that they were interviewing. It wasn't LeBron James' mom. Right. It wasn't LeBron James' mom going on ESPN 
trying to advocating for her son. Right, right. Well, advocating for her advocating brand. For her brand. And BT Dub. My right. son does this the too. The LBJ brand. No, yeah, she wasn't doing LBJ, that. The King the James brand. King James brand. No, she wasn't doing that. This is what. This is all big ball. Lebron. brand. That's all Lavar Ball. No, mm-hmm. I don't like any of that. No, it's not. It's not a good look. No, I didn't have con. I didn't understand. I don't yeah. like it. It's not a good look. That's a pass for me. Yeah. Like he, he like I said, it would be so much better if he actually allowed his son Just to... put your son in the shirt. Yeah. And let him and talk. And let him talk. That's it. Or just let him play basketball. I mean, there's that. Like, you could always just let him do the thing that you wanted him to do. That's true. The the thing that he's trying to make millions of money, millions of dollars doing. That's true. Like, let him just go out there and do it. Let his work speak for itself. And then let the brands come to you. And then you can parlay your big baller brand into it and have that distribution and have that partnership. Right. But you can't do all of that before he's drafted. That doesn't make sense. And for, like, there's a lot of, like, kind of, like, LeBar Ball apologists out there kind of, like, trying to... Trying to what? Trying to, like, justify him with, like, oh, well, Kanye did it or Kanye. And I'm like, this nigga is not Kanye. (laughs) Stop that shit. That shit is annoying. I, I hate that. I hate, He's not. I can't stand when people try to compare one anomaly mm-hmm. to you and think that because the anomaly was able to do it that you can do it too. But I mean, that's that's life. Like people don't people, and I'm trying to be fair now. We'll play mm-hmm. devil's advocate. I guess fair. Until you see someone do the impossible, you don't realize it's done. It mm-hmm. can be done. Like I forget the numbers, but for a while, let's say the brief, the shortest mile was like. A 10-minute mile. People okay. assume that you could never beat a 10-minute mile. And then someone ran, like, a 6-minute six mile. mile. Do you know right. what I mean? So yeah. until someone unlocks it as a possibility, you don't real. So it, it doesn't become your reality. So yeah. I think they're kind of leaning on that. You can dream big. Right. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. Right. But then you have to also realize that. But we also need to be critical. You have to be critical. Think critically. And once that dream starts to become... A, when dreams start becoming reality, you have to start becoming real with yourself right and recognizing okay i'm getting closer to this but the way that i want to do it may not be the way that it's possible to do it Mm. so let me try to figure out a way to do this you can always break the mold and like you said anyone is able to break the mold anyone's capable of breaking the mold but in this instance no Mm. he's not it's just not it's just not unless like this uh, unless he was the second coming of jesus christ Shuttlesworth. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Let's use the second coming of Jesus Shuttlesworth. He's just a dude that can play basketball. Hmm. With a dad who's overbearing. Okay. Yeah. So, with that, we're going to close out this episode. Thank you for rocking with us. Yes. Um, Appreciate you being patient with us as we get our lives together and um, deliver you that great content. Yes. Um, if you're not already, please be sure to follow us on Facebook at Bougie and the Beard. On Twitter at Bougie, the letter N, the Beard. On Instagram at Bougie, the word and the Beard. Or email us at Bougie and the Beard at gmail.com. We're also on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play, mm-hmm. Stitcher, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Um, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes because that will get our ranking up so that we are more relevant and easily found. Mm -hmm. Um, we appreciate you guys who interact with us on the Facebook page, the fan page. Um, it's good to know that you're listening. It's great to hear feedback. If you have thoughts, comments, um, anything that you want to share, hit us up Mm -hmm. until next time. Bye. Later.